0: right. Right, what is up metal maniacs and this episode is celebrating the 36th anniversary of turbo april 15 1986 this album was released and we're hitting you with a breakdown of one of the songs from turbo with a good friend of ours without further ado you've got george you've got tom
1: you've got melissa and you've got another podcast coming
0: nailed it Nailed it, Melissa. Cheers. Very
2: nice. And another celebratory note, listeners this podcast has officially received 4,000 downloads. Woo! So, also, want to extend a very sincere thank you to all the people who tune in to hear me drunkenly ramble about Judas Priest and hear George actually have coherent thoughts. <laughs> <laughs>
0: We love you, you guys. Listeners. We love you
1: guys. Congratulations. Thank, Thank you.
0: Thank you. And hey, listen, we've been here less than a year and we're already having great conversations with y'all on Twitter, making new friends, inviting new friends onto our show every week. And to that end, I just want to turn it over to Melissa so you can introduce yourself to the listeners as well.
1: My name is Melissa. I'm from Boston, Massachusetts, and I have my own podcast. It's called Metal Chat with Melissa, and I talk about a little bit of everything. We talk about Judas Priest. Actually, my second ever, no, my first ever episode is about Judas Priest. So uh, you can go check that out. And I'm on all the platforms.
0: I would say it's a lot of album reviews, uh, a lot of focus on uh, classic metal, thrash metal, uh, your favorite albums of the year. See, we've even had mutual friends like fergal yeah, who have also appeared on that appeared
1: on it uncle steve yeah. has been on uncle um, i steve, hope you guys will come on we're gonna do we'll try to get something together i got a little i got an idea actually you
2: name but we'll talk about it later you name the time and the date and we will be there
1: that's awesome thank you guys so much because i got a couple of things i got a couple of plans with your name on it all oh, right oh, well, listen,
2: thank you so much for coming on to our show.
1: Thank you for having me. And I do have a show. I have an episode that's going to be dropping that I'm going to be talking to somebody who actually got to go to the Judas pre show because I didn't get to go. So ah, bummer. That's be, that'll be coming up. Yeah. And
0: listeners, we've got an episode that should be releasing this month where Tom and I give our recap on the show we went to in Newark.
2: Yeah, it's still seared into my brain every single second of it. So I think I'll be able to recount with pretty vivid detail.
0: That's awesome. I even found a video on YouTube where someone filmed the full concert. Did they? I'm a little tempted to go back and watch it to see Um, if it's as good as I remember. But um, I think it's still imprinted in my brain. Can you send that my way immediately? Yes, I can.
2: It's really fun, actually, because, you know, Melissa, just for a little context, I'm sure maybe you know this already, but, you know, my father was the first person to ever show me priest. He showed me you That's got it right. Yeah, exactly. Yes. He, yeah, yeah. Fuck it. Shout out to you, dad. So he showed me you got another thing coming. So whenever I see priest live, I make a point to take a video of it so that I can send it to my dad because oh, he nice. lives in Colorado. And one of my goals is to see priest with him live because I really want to have that experience. But I feel like I can kind of have him there vicariously if yes. I send him a video of it.
1: That's awesome. Yeah, That's awesome. I think you that's, that's a great do? goal.
0: You should uh, try to get on a video call like a Zoom or a FaceTime with your dad and just open up a couple drinks and watch it together.
2: Oh, man, what a great idea. He'll never be able to figure it out.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I know your dad is like, listen, great grandpa status with technology. My father
2: just figured out what LOL means. What I'm drinking right now. And I got to find the damn name because I threw out the I threw out the bottle. Why are you doing this,
1: Tom? throwing at the bottle.
2: Well, because it's garbage. And I like it in a mug. Well,
1: mine's in a glass, too, but I
2: still uh, keep it. Oh, found it. Okay, so I'm drinking Francis Conner Hefeweiss. It's one of my favorite German wheat beers.
1: I like a Hefeweiss.
2: Oh, hell yeah. So that's what I'm drinking right now. Picked up a six-pack of this a- after um, after work today. And I've also got Stolzhena vodka, which is my favorite.
1: Takes drink that's good stuff, too. Oh, yeah. Uh, People. I'm drinking a New England IPA from uh, from Cape Cod called um, nice. Liquid Crypto. Takes another drink I,
2: mm. I like that. It sounds like it was made by like a libertarian brewery.
1: <laughs> Mayflower Brewing Company. It's a good. That's a good company. Um, I've had some of their beers, some of their other beers, but I haven't had this one. But oh, very cool. Yeah. So. What about cheers. you, George? And oh it's
0: with cheers. Crypto everyone. hops. Is that right? Doing,
1: yeah, that's what it says. Crypto hops, which crypto I don't know what Pops. that means.
0: Mm. If anyone knows what that means. Well, um, feel no.
2: free to DM us if you know what crypto hops <laughs> means.
1: Yeah, it looks like a looks like a hazy IPA to me. Mm. Yeah, you
2: know, I got I gotta say like the be- the German beers that are um beard and l- beard <laughs> brewed in like the Bavarian brewing tradition are usually really good. Oh, yeah. It just kept very simple. There's like, you're allowed to use- Well, they a, have the
1: purity law. Yeah, exactly.
2: the purity law,
3: yeah.
2: Yeah, there's different ones for different regions too, but you're allowed to yeah. use basically three or four ingredients and anything other than that, you violate the purity law. When I told that to my mom, she's like, Jesus, that sounds like some fucking Nazi shit.
1: <laughs> <laughs> no, was way before the Nazis. That's
2: what I told her.
1: Yeah, it's been like- I don't know, eleven hundreds or something. They've been doing it like that for a long time. It's funny because if you think about all the shit they put in the beers that we drink here in the U.S.,
0: yeah, like
2: liver and shit,
0: <laughs> and pumpkin, yeah, pumpkin, pumpkin. They uh, wouldn't allow me, that over there.
2: Do love my pumpkin beers, George. What are you sipping on tonight?
0: I've got a nice gin and tonic made with Syndica Midnight Gin. Ooh, sounds lovely. Yeah, you branched out last week, so I am too now.
1: I don't drink gin.
2: I like gin. My my wife got me turned on to gin.
1: What about uh, tequila? You ready for some tequila in Houston? Oh, always. Well, that's going to be George's deal. I'm not going to yep. be there. I know. Why aren't you joining us?
2: Uh, Lack of funds and preparing for my wedding. So, oh, yeah, not a whole lot of room for vacations at this I time. But don't worry. One day, one day.
1: One day. Yeah, well, well, you're close I, enough to be. I mean, I go down to New York all the time to see shows and stuff. So. Yeah, I mean, listen, we
2: saw a priest three weeks ago. Now I could still go to shows. I just can't be traveling too much out of state.
1: Yeah, but I go down there. I go down there to see shows. I go to New York a lot to see shows. We've probably been to the same show. Cool.
2: Probably. <laughs> oh, I'm um, so glad we're doing this. This is a nice way to unwind after the day after I've had a, not a rough day, but a long day.
1: Oh, I've had a rough week, and it's just getting rougher. I cannot wait for my vacation. Mm. My job is just a complete shit show.
2: Jesus, I bet. Where are you going on vacation?
1: I'm going to Houston.
2: Oh, okay. We'll be well, listen, you're, you're looking at me like I'm in the know.
1: <laughs> oh, I thought you knew that I was that I was going to see George at uh, in Houston.
2: Uh, I, I, he, uh, he probably told me. I just don't have a great memory.
1: Yeah. Virgo's yep. going to be there
2: he will yeah all the people are gonna be there
0: yeah yeah it's gonna be a good ass time we're going to the hell's heroes festival in houston three I will, days of course, 33 bands i will of course be there in spirit
1: you will be there in spirit we'll drink some go. beers for you
2: thank you thank you i appreciate it maybe we'll do like a video call or something there you go
1: that'd be awesome
2: mm-hmm. yeah man we could we'll find a way to make it work we will Speaking of which, we've got a doozy of a song, don't
0: we? (laughs) We You can say that. Mm. (laughs) Oh,
3: yeah.
0: Not in a flattering way, though. Not in a flattering way. Okay.
2: So, Melissa, you picked out our song today. Tell us what song we're listening to and why you picked it.
1: Wild Nights and Hot Crazy Days because it is my least favorite Judas Priest song.
2: (laughs) It's been a while since we've covered a least favorite.
0: Wow. what's up you want to hear some shit
2: <laughs> you want to hear some shit oh man so melissa that's a fun story one time george came over around the time we started doing this podcast and he put
1: demolition
2: into my cd player he goes hey man you want to hear some shit
1: <laughs> <laughs> <laughs>
2: was, you know, his oh. delivery was just so perfect it was hilarious
1: oh but it's not that bad of an album. No, it's
2: not. It gets a bad rap because you've got all of these like incredible legendary albums that it's like right. at the bottom of. Right,
1: right. But it's not. It's not a bad album.
0: Some I of mean, the songs are.
1: Well, yeah, but I mean, some of the songs on Turbo. Most of the songs on Turbo.
0: <laughs> yeah, yeah, fair enough. Turbo is such a
2: weird album because it's mostly bad songs and one fucking banger.
1: Yeah, yeah, but you know, it's it's weird because. I saw that. I saw the tour. I was 21 in 1986 when this came out. Oh, very cool. So, So, Melissa,
0: take us back. Let's actually get your Judas Priest story. Tell us how you discovered the band. How old were you?
1: So I was always aware of Judas Priest because I had an older brother and an older brother-in-law. And so in the 70s, I knew who they were, but I didn't necessarily know who they were. Do you know what I mean? Like, they mm-hmm. were on my uh-huh. radar, but I didn't really know who they were. And the first time that I ever saw them was on the Point of Entry tour. The reason why, yes, 1981. And the reason why I went was because Iron Maiden opened the show.
2: Oh, very And I was nice.
1: I was already a huge Iron Maiden fan. So I wanted, and then, and then when I knew it was going to Judas Priest, then I did a little bit a little bit of digging you know what i mean and 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 then i was like oh i know this song i know this song oh i know this i know that it's like yeah and so i got more familiar midnight, with yeah right? you know and then it was like i got more familiar with it and when i did that i realized i really liked the 70s stuff and the 70s stuff is still my favorite stuff
2: sin after sin yeah.
1: sin after sin sad wings oh Steam good Platt stuff is so man. good this is so just, cool yes, absolutely you
2: know- You know, I was actually, when we first started this show, I was almost, I was skeptical that there were as many people who loved the 70s era of Priest as there are, and there's so many people, and I'm, and it makes me really happy, because that era of the band is so remarkable.
1: It is, it is, it's their best era, I mean, it just... It, you know it's 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 interesting because you know if you listen to if you listen to the very first album rock and rolla it doesn't sound anything like the priest that we come to know and love right cuz yeah. they were still trying to find their ways you yeah. know and they, they and and every album they were getting a little bit more metal a little bit more metal and then i don't know what happened and then they just got a little bit unmetal now that we're in this album that we're talking about now you know it's like they they peaked and then they kind of went down and then they had to go back up again when Painkiller mean, came
2: out. Let's, let's be real. Glam came for everybody in the '80s. Nobody yeah. was safe from glam metal.
1: Iron Maiden was. Ah, fair yeah. enough.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: Yeah, hey, they had a little synth everyone. on their
0: guitars. In, they did. Uh, they did, but they didn't taste. They made it work. They did
1: it tastefully. Not like I mean, there's a lot of synth on Turbo.
0: Oh God, there sure you know? is. Sometimes it's used on Turbo to great success, and other times not so much.
1: I don't mind synth. I'm not I'm not anti synth. I just want it to be done tastefully and when you've got a band that's that the the dual guitars and you've got when you had somebody like Les Binks, I mean there's there's no need for any synth. There's just no need for it.
2: Yeah, you've, you've got, got all
1: the tools to, you know, to bake the cake. You don't need to go buy one.
2: Yeah, you've got the possibly the greatest metal guitar duo of all time. Yeah, I'm surprised on turbo they didn't bring in like someone with a keytar to just <laughs> n- like wail on some sick synth leads.
1: Yeah, I mean that you know that would have been better than than what we got.
2: That would have been right. You
1: know, you know what I felt like? I sort of felt like with turbo in general, I felt like they got lazy.
2: Mm, interesting. Okay.
1: I was just like, God, you guys, come on, man. You can go, you can do better than this. I mean I get that they were jumping on a bandwagon or whatever. And somebody was saying, you know that that Turbo was the album for Teen Angst. And I guess at 21 I was over <laughs> the Teen Angst. You know, I mean I bought it obviously. I went to the tour, you know, I mean I was still going to go to the show. And I still had a great time. And thankfully they didn't do this song
0: As this no they didn't play this one a single time i was gonna ask george you're the
2: guy that you're the guy that would know if this song has ever been played live
0: no there are two songs on turbo that have never been played live this one and reckless and that's a tragedy because reckless is like probably the best song on the album but i like
1: reckless the best
2: i was pretty happy when they played turbo lover at the show we saw because that's my wife's favorite priest song
1: you know, yeah, when, that's a
0: great
2: when you, song. They you know, when you usually you see don't
1: it live, it it's different. You know, it's sort of like the whole ram it down thing, right? With the with the, the electronic drums and all that. But you know, then you got the song ram it down and you got blood red skies, which if you see blood red skies live, I mean with the drum, it's just you Immense. know, Scott doing it, it's amazing.
0: Immense. Yeah, we saw it on this tour and they were killing it. Yeah, this yeah. tour
2: they played almost every song I wanted them to play. They The only song they didn't play was Dissident Aggressor.
1: Yeah, it, um, I have a, um, well, as everyone knows, I didn't get to go to the show because my show was canceled.
0: Oh, whack.
1: I know. So Rob had a
0: cold. It really oh. sucks. You have the worst yeah, luck.
1: I know, I know. And so I interviewed my friends that did get to go to the show, to the one in Foxwoods. And so that's going to be coming out tomorrow. It was supposed to be coming out last night, but work. Work keeps interrupting my fun.
2: Work interrupts everyone's fun. That's why no one should do it.
0: Yeah, you <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> know what? Let's join those smart people in Europe with the three-day weekend. Yeah, I really yeah. like that.
2: I, I concur. Too. I'll drink to that.
1: I'll drink to that as well. Cheers, friends. Here's I my already...
2: friends. We're not here to talk about... We're wait, not wait.
1: here to talk about that. We're here right. to talk about... We're here to talk about... <laughs> We're
2: here to talk about other things that went wrong, like yes, Turbo. Like ter- <laughs> I like that segue, you know, I thought, you know, I thought you'd like that. I thought you'd appreciate it.
1: That, that okay. was a great segue. Go
2: ahead.
1: I was just going to say, so the thing about Turbo is that when I remember when Turbo Lover, when the song Turbo Lover, you know, everybody was like, what the hell is this? And it's it sounds like a new wave song. It, sound, it doesn't sound like Judas Priest, you know? Because there's no internet back then or whatever, you buy the album and you kind of hope that maybe they write they righted the ship, so to speak. (laughs) But Mm -hmm. they kind of (laughs) didn't.
0: Yeah. So you're kind of hinting at something I wanted to ask about. You know. So you said you got into Priest in 1981 or so, and then after that, "Screaming for Vengeance" comes out, "Defenders of the Faith" comes out, great, and then yeah, great album, great album. And then you get Turbo. And if you think back about like where you were in the 80s, 1986 rolls around, and there's a new Judas Priest album. Did you have any idea it was going to sound like this? Were you shocked?
1: No, we were shocked. Because I remember hearing the song Turbo Lover on the radio it was like oh this is like the single you know this is this is the new new judas priest and everybody gets excited about that and then you're just like everybody's like what what is this this just doesn't doesn't com- compute you know mm-hmm. but then you like i said you're thinking all right well i remember thinking they picked this as the like the lead track this is this is what they're going with and that should have been a, a hint that you know, it wasn't going to get much better, you know, because I was thinking, why would they pick like the weakest song on the album?
0: <laughs> but they well, didn't. it wasn't the weakest. No. You <laughs> only get it so wasn't. lucky, right, Melissa?
1: Yeah, it was it. Well, that's what I was thinking. I was like, I wonder how that happened. But then I got the album and I went, oh, are you kidding me? George. I don't like
2: that. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, go ahead. I was going to ask George. So, George, as the priest historian of our duo, what was the deal behind Turbo? Was there a sort of, was it a conscious shift in this direction or was it just kind of, did it kind of happen?
0: Here's the thing. The band will try to defend themselves and say, this is kind of just what happened. This is what we were feeling. We just went in and wrote and this is what came out. But, you know, the more cynical among us, we'll just say they were after the dollars. You can't really ever know the true answer because at the end of the day, we're not inside their brains. Yeah. But I do think that artists are always influenced by the world around them. And to that end, Judas Priest probably saw what was happening in the music scene. And bands like Motley Crue were starting to make a name for
1: themselves. Yeah, Poison yeah. You know, right, dog.
2: You, you got to get paid, you know, you know, even legendary metal bands, you know, they've got to feed their families,
0: you know. Sure. Screaming for Vengeance. It's still their highest selling album to date. And Defenders of the Faith, as amazing as it was in terms of how good a quality of the songs were, it didn't sell nearly as well. And maybe they just saw the dollar signs when they were making right. Turbo and they were trying to get there.
1: I, yeah, but you know what's interesting about that? You talk about best-selling albums or whatever, but if you if you ask around, casuals don't. I mean, they only they know the song "Turbo Lover." They know "Heading Out to the Highway." They know you got another thing coming, right?
0: Yeah, yeah, mm-hmm. of course, all the hits. So, so the Wall, Living what After Midnight. Yep, those are the songs. Race, that that's what they know. Your normal people will. They know. They don't
1: know this is an aggressor.
0: <laughs> yeah, they and they don't they don't know. <laughs> Which is um, unfortunate well, for them. <laughs>
2: yeah, they don't know "Race with the Devil."
1: no
2: they don't yeah and that's a shame because that is a shame banging covers i've ever heard
0: we're gonna get there
2: we are i'm excited to talk about that one
0: Mm -hmm. so 1986 (laughs) turbo comes out and you're just blown away by like what the heck is priest doing now they're doing this
1: well well, what's going on with the drumming what's uh, like like where's the drummer man
0: So you were young and hip in the metal scene at the time, going to lots of shows. I'm sure you had, like, tons of metalhead friends. What was the general reaction in 1986? Was the fan base divided? Tell me, like, how they were reacting. You know
1: what's funny is, and Tom alluded to this, like, the guys hated it, but all their girlfriends loved it.
0: (laughs) I can (laughs) can imagine that.
1: But not me, because I've always been one of the guys, you know. But yeah, I mean, that was sort of it. And the interesting thing about that is, that is kind of how a lot of people that I know got their girls to go to the show. Mm. Is like, oh, well, oh, you know, you're going to hear them do turbo. Oh, all right. You can dance to that. Mm.
2: So, you know, this is kind of something I've touched on in other episodes is that I believe that in this concept of like the sacrificial lamb album. Where, like, you go for broad appeal in order to bring more people in, and you temporarily isolate your hardcore fans, and then you win them back with your next album.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Like, and then you sort of hope, I guess, that, hey, if you like Turbo, maybe you'll check out some other albums yeah exactly and you'll find sure. something
2: else that you like i don't know that that i don't ever, know that that's... <laughs> i don't know that that's ever a conscious decision on the band's part but it does seem to be a recurring theme yeah yeah, yeah and it's a-
1: it's a business. I mean, I get it. And like you said, they're, they're seeing, I mean, Kiss has done it, Uh, you know, they're always chasing whatever the the flavor of the month is. And, and, you know, everybody's done, everybody's done it, you know, the disco album or whatever, you know, in the (laughs) seventies, you know, Kiss did it and, you know, (laughs) Album more
0: than any of their other music. Uh, uh, <laughs> Even Celtic Frost made a uh, glam is, album. I was uh, just going to talk about, talk about that. Frost, Cold Stop.
1: Lake. I was just going to talk about. It's funny that you should say that because I was just going to talk about Cold Lake. You I know? knew exactly so where everybody's got everybody's got, everybody's friends, got a Melissa. Cold Lake. Yeah, that's right. Everybody's got a Cold Lake.
2: <laughs> I don't have a Cold Lake. <laughs> I'm going to use that. I have Everyone's a bottle of vodka. If it's, any, if it's any consolation.
0: <laughs> There you go. So I remember in the early mid 2000s, I was a teenager and I was just getting into music and the internet was just starting to be a thing. And I would go on Amazon. I would read the reviews of Judas priest albums. Like this is how we had to learn about things kids in the early internet days. (laughs) This was still before Wikipedia. So I would read the Amazon reviews of these albums and to try and like get a little context on them, and Turbo had a very very poor reputation. Yep. And nowadays, the reputation I would say is improving a little. You know, yeah, getting a lot more fans who are of the mind like, okay, this is different than the other Judas Priest albums, but they all sound different from each other, and this is a fun, light-hearted rock album. But then you still have a lot of the old school fans who have never ever been able to get with turbo like melissa and greg who we had as a guest a few episodes ago and for my money there are good songs on turbo and bad ones and the song that we're breaking down today is definitely one of the bad ones probably the worst song on the album
2: i'm gonna be 100 percent real with everyone i don't know anything about this song
1: really no, really so, really so let me ask you this that's because okay. i don't We're generally listen, listen to it. this song and i had to listen to it like i was like five or six times for this yeah. episode I and i was it, like yeah i remember why i don't like this
2: i listened to it in preparation for this episode but i can't remember it <laughs> and maybe that's like more indicative of the quality of the song itself but I do remember thinking, man, this is hamming it up, and I kind of like ham, so
1: it depends. (laughs) I don't mind cheese, but this is just like...
0: You're the most hair metal-hating guy I know, Tom, so I can't even (laughs) fathom you liking any of Turbo except the title track.
2: I I know, it's one of those things where, like, I I don't know, man, like, I, I like to think that I can grow and learn to see things in a different light.
1: What do you think about parental guidance? You like that song?
2: listen to it i okay, don't so know that's, i don't really uh, most know all that well that's
1: um, most people's least favorite song in the in their catalog is parental guides and the thing like about
2: some lord shit
1: here's the thing about parental guidance it's a shitty song but <laughs> i've seen them do it live and when you've had a few cans in you it's fun it's campy yeah. and stupid Very and there's campy. gang vocals which he, really stuck, i love but camp
2: that's the it, thing but
1: it's like it's different live Do you know what I mean? So while I wouldn't necessarily listen to it at home, it's different live. And so it gets a little bit of a pass because I've seen it live. Now, maybe if they did Wild Nights live, please don't. But (laughs) if they did, maybe maybe it would be different. You know what I mean? Like maybe I would have a different outlook on it you know, but I, yeah. but that's my whole thing about of guys. Cause it's a shitty song too, but it is kind of fun live.
2: Well, listen, they brought back rock a Rolla" and it's gotten a very positive reception right. to the point that it's like two consecutive tours. Now they've been playing yep. that song. Yep. And so who the hell knows, maybe they can take some of those songs and make them entertaining live. If you can at least entertain the crowd, that's got to count for something.
1: So the song has a really good guitar solo. I'll give they it They always
2: do, yeah. Right?
1: So I'll give it that. So, I mean, if you get like a real drummer, maybe you 86 the synth, and you got the guitar solo, it's going to elevate the song. Plus I it's have, live, it's- and everything live is better.
0: You want to give the song a listen through and then get into okay.
1: The I, oh, yeah, I got, we're supposed I got to be
0: talking about a song, aren't
1: I got we? something to say about this. I got another thing to say about this song. I got a, a very, very big to pick about this song but i'm sure
0: you've got lots to say this is the one you wanted to talk about melissa so (laughs) we're doing it Okay, so I just played the intro riff right there. And guys, this isn't exactly Freewheel Burning or Hellman for Weather.
2: All right, so listen, it sounds like a song. When I first heard that riff, because I listened to this song today in preparation, I genuinely thought it sounded like a song that Dr. Roxo would have played. (laughs)
3: From <laughs> metal Real clown.
2: yeah and i was oh okay so that's where this comes from okay like you're not know the, gonna lie it sounds like a parody of a glam metal song
1: but you know it's the thing is is that as bad as that is then the synth kicks in and it gets worse
0: <laughs>
2: oh my god george play the next part please
0: let's go for it
1: bad 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 bad
0: no <laughs> no
1: <laughs> oh man
0: did you hear that tom yeah it was fucking terrible Listen to the line lyrics, that gets guys. me in
1: this sign the line that gets me the that gets me is i'm in the mood for some loving because the night time's coming what the actual fuck <laughs> who wrote that like
0: okay, so- who wrote that <laughs> apparently rob halford well. rob paid someone to write that for him.
2: oh Please no that's why i wish i guess he paid whoever wrote for poison to write. that is the
1: worst line
2: hold on so thumb okay. goes down well deep down inside you feel your temperature rise for those wild nights hot and crazy days i'm feeling good tonight
0: so here Damn. are the full lyrics to the first verse i'm gonna break out i'm gonna drive my car i'm Anyone gonna get up and fun. go i want some action i've been working so hard i'm gonna overload can you feel the beat <laughs> everybody's rocking in the summer heat what? guys no and no what is it guys. Weird? Isn't,
1: it's weird that whole thing about i'm gonna drive my car but like,
2: What's so wait, that? let me ask a question. What is it with bands from like the 70s to 80s and cars as sexual innuendos?
1: Well, you know, here's the thing is, and we used to do this in the 80s. I used to live in Clearwater Beach, Florida. And people used to go cruising and they would just like cruise the beach. And There was like this circle that you would drive around, you know, and you would stop and talk to people and you would yeah. you know, whatever and you would get high. And, just, you know, don't do this at home, folks, drinking and driving. and You know that that's what they did. They cruised the beach, like you you cruise the um, Gulf to Bay Boulevard is what it is in Clearwater Beach, and you would just cruise the boulevard, and that's what you would do. And so that's what they did in the eighties, you know. And everybody would have like you know their their Trans Am or whatever, and
2: damn, the eighties sound fucking lit.
1: And and the, the funny thing is, I remember there was these guys that had this guy had this Camaro and. You could only like he didn't have any room for anybody in his back seat because he had these two huge speakers in his back seat. He just drove around with these two huge speakers in his back seat.
2: <laughs> See, it's my dream to get an old Camaro, like a '70s Camaro, and hook it up with speakers like that and just blast screaming for. They that. were
1: in the back seat. It was so bizarre. I mean, I remember him giving us a ride, and I was like. Sitting like in between, I had to go in through the front seat to get to the back seat and sit in between these two <laughs> huge speakers,
2: and just lose like several decibels worth of your hearing. Yeah, right. <laughs> Listen, I've already wow. lost a substantial portion uh, proportion of my hearing as well, so we're all among friends here.
1: <laughs> so here's my problem with this song. This is the thing that really irks me about this song. Is that's terrible? Well, that that. But here's the thing: is Metalworks, the compilation, right? 70. What is it? 73 to 93. I think that's yep. in, uh, compilation. Greatest
0: hits, yeah, greatest hits album, two discs. Uh, the entire first Rob Halford era, right?
1: So here's my thing: is this song is on that compilation. So I want to know but why. I want to know <laughs> who is sitting in that boardroom, and somebody goes, Hey, let's put the sentinel. No, I got a better idea. Let's leave off the Sentinel and put on Wild Nights and Hot Crazy Day. I
2: don't know. And everybody like an
1: goes, yeah, that sounds like a great idea. Who signed off on this?
2: You ever that just probably how the these most bizarre about this decisions get made? It's like, there's got to be a lot of cocaine and alcohol
1: involved. I, I hope that that's the case. I hope that they were too high to comprehend that because the Sentinel is not on. It's not on this compilation. Yeah, listen. At least they got free,
2: they got free will, burning and sinner. So you they know. do, and
1: they have eat me alive, which Jerry and they have that
2: bloodstone. Thank fuck. It's a Satan great.
1: It's a great compilation. Except, yeah. except they couldn't find anything else, so they thought they would put this on. Like I don't, I just don't, I don't know where this.
2: That's it wasn't a, a single. I do It wasn't very a single. It, it wasn't a just,
1: hit. It wasn't like out of uh, it's like out of nowhere.
2: Listen, there was a very. I believe I know it was shit. the philosopher Rick James who once said cocaine is a hell
0: of a drug.
3: <laughs> yes.
0: I don't know shit about Greatest Hits albums. I yeah. never really listened to them. It's like a relic. It's like but out of nine songs on Turbo, why this one? This is That's what I'm clearly I, not the best one. I
1: get you want to like Turbo Lover is on there and I get that you want to like maybe represent it. I. It's fine. I get it. But
0: why this one? This one? one. What? Pretty crazy, right?
1: Are they yeah. thinking? And I just want to know who signed off on this.
0: I don't think the band members even interacted with each other. I think this was all done through their lawyers. Because I'm, this was I'm after tru- Rob had been <laughs> dismissed I'm from the band. I'm
2: truly not convinced that they ever talked to each other except through their managers.
1: <laughs> well, whoever's responsible for this atrocity. I would have rather than put on United on this album. Oh,
2: God, I don't like that Which, song. I
1: don't like that song. Although I will tell you live, it's actually, no, it's a fun song live. But it's better than this song. Yeah. I mean, there's just like, I can't, there's so many good things. How about the song rock a would have yeah. been amazing on this. Sure.
2: That because I'll it's actually a really what?
1: good compilation.
2: That album did not get the recognition it deserved no. until no, it like didn't. the last five years, right. probably. Right.
1: That that is the thing that I think most about this. The thing, the most th- about this song that upsets me is I just can't understand what it's doing on this compilation. And
2: I mean, I don't even know how this album got made at this point. You know, like
0: we talked about this, Tom.
2: I know, but, you know, listen, there are some things that still baffle me. They don't make sense to my mind.
1: A lot of Judas Priest doesn't make sense. I mean, they just Uh, seem like they're, like, all over the place.
2: As much as we love Priest, dear listeners, we have to, um, you know, we have to be honest about how we feel. We don't want to just blow smoke up their ass 24-7. no
1: no and i'm i'm critical of and everybody knows i'm a huge iron maiden fan and i'm critical of them as well i mean because if i just l- the if you love them, who you who doesn't have care
2: him. for iron maiden like, yes you are that makes sense yes actually my what? wife doesn't like iron maiden all that much
0: yeah well you know what this song sucks guys this song is I'll terrible because yeah. if we were sitting here trying to tell you it's good we would be lying to you. Well, yeah. you know it's funny and
1: because the last thing I'm, we
0: want is to
2: deceive our
0: fans.
1: You know it's funny because when I when I put this out there, I was thinking, well, maybe there's going to be like a ca- point counterpoint, and somebody's going to like come up and maybe be like, "Let me tell you why you like a contrarian thing." Like, let me tell you why this is actually a really good song. And
0: oh, George man. is like,
1: was, "No, we hate the song too."
2: Yeah, <laughs> hey, listen, I,
0: nah. I like half, maybe even two thirds of Turbo, but I don't. I can't just tell you this song is good. Like, this is the worst song on Turbo, I would say. I'm glad you
2: picked this Correct. one, though, because like I said, it's been a long time since we've talked about a song that we don't like.
1: Yeah, yeah. And and, and Tom wasn't even familiar with it.
2: Yeah, I mean, I'm not that familiar with Turbo in general, so.
1: Reckless. It's one of those songs. the song Reckless, which is a good song, actually. Oh,
2: okay, sounds good,
0: and I'll, I'll add it. To but the, you yeah. already alluded to this, Tom. It's one of those songs that just goes in and out of your ear. Like you're listening to it and you already forgot it before yeah. it's even over.
2: I don't know. I just feel like I've heard this on like the classic rock stations a thousand times.
0: Well, yeah. I was giving the song a listen right before we got on Zoom and my wife's in the room and she asks, what are you listening to? Are you listening to some Poison? And I (laughs) wish I really, really wish I was making that up. But wait a minute! I thought we were Quiet Riot.
1: (laughs) Yeah, I mean that's and 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 I get they were jumping on a bandwagon or whatever. Maybe they thought this song was going to be like cool and going to be on MTV and all of that kind of stuff. Because this is the other problem with like the eighties is that MTV was more important than the radio. So it was all about getting on MTV and it was about having a video and having something that people would request.
0: That's exactly right. And I was talking to my friend Bruno about this last week. And he said that when the band was doing interviews for Turbo, they were saying pretty much the same thing. There's a quote from Rob. We were very, very conscious of what was happening with MTV and we wanted to be part of that we wanted to hit video and so on and so on
2: you know what's so ironic is that the first video that ever appeared on mtv was the song video killed the radio star right i think they did that very
0: purposefully
2: yeah that's got to be a deliberate decision it
1: was but what's interesting about that is is that it kind of did in a way you know but then like a lot of those the 70s guys had to get on board they had to, you know get hair and makeup and they had to you know sort of figure it out and sort of you know alice cooper had to like you know switch it up kiss had to switch it up yeah and even I mean listen, and even, like you know, i
2: said nobody was safe from the monster that was glam metal everyone had to have a piece of it or there was no relevance to be had
0: yeah absolutely It
2: was. although i know you
1: don't like iron maiden but i have to make mention of the fact that you know
2: yeah they didn't, they didn't do this they didn't do this yeah sure the iron maiden as far as i know doesn't have a glam metal album
1: they do not that i, mean, that they, I mean they have some clunkers i'm you know that's a that's another show for another time but they have some clunkers i'm uh, they're not devoid of that
2: nah i mean listen a dud is one thing glam metal is another
1: you know, I am I saw every I saw everybody because I just went to shows in the 80s. I was, you know, my 20s. I just I went out every night and mm-hmm. I wasn't married. I had no kids, whatever. I just went out every night. I would. And, and I was young, so I could work all day and party all night and still get up for work the next day. Yeah. I saw everybody. I don't care. Everything from death metal to glam metal and everything in between. I saw everybody at a club, at an arena, at a theater, wherever. So I don't, so I'm not against glam, but it's not really, it's not, it's not what I listen to at home. I don't own, I see, I've seen poison four times and I don't own a poison album.
2: See, this reminds me of the fact that I have seen Dillinger escape plan like three times live. And I hate that. Can I just
1: tell you, can I just ask you about them? Because
2: don't ask me, I don't know anything about that. I hate them.
1: I hate them too.
0: We'll get back to that but uh i do believe oh, yeah, we have we some judas talking about <laughs>
2: judas priest on this podcast
0: <laughs> All we're right we're just gonna go off and I... i'm gonna play the next part of the song
2: okay. oh yeah please yeah. do gotcha. Gotcha. These like having this god. context of what comes after this album just makes me so sad.
0: These lyrics wind up the radio. I'm in the mood for some loving because the night time's coming.
1: Oh my god, come
0: on! Wow. Get it's hot tonight! Come on!
1: But see, he talks, right. about cruising. see he talks about cruising around, it, that's an 80s thing. I mean, this album, this album in general, is. Very dated. Very, very
2: dated. yeah, it's very
0: much a relic of its time. I would not disagree with you on that.
1: It's very dated. And and I was there and I'm like horrified.
2: Yeah, like to this day.
0: Yeah, I'll give you a little context. <laughs> I'm a huge Def Leopard fan. I love Def Leopard. I listen to them a lot. And this song sucks, guys. It's not a matter of Oh, well, you just just don't like what they were going for. But Judas Priest, they were trying something and not being good at it. Like, if they were just doing glam and succeeding and making catchy, well-written songs... Yeah. People wouldn't be shitting on this so much.
2: You see, the thing is, is that this album very clearly does not come from a place of genuine artistic expression. Exactly, It, it is so clearly contried. trying to glom on to what was popular at the Completely time.
1: Completely contrived. And that's the whole sort of thing. And that's the thing is like when you get to like a band like Queen, right? They do another one bites the dust, a song that I absolutely hate, 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 hate beyond belief. And I'm well, a big a Queen fan. I hate that song, but noted. I'm a huge Queen fan. But and but the thing about Queen was and the, the reason why that song kind of gets a pass for me is that Queen did a lot of different kind of styles. It wasn't really out of their purview, whereas yeah. when you have this song and this album in general with Judas Priest and even even a, with further on with Ram It Down, is it? It feels to me like it's out of their purview, which makes it disingenuous. Mm.
2: Yeah, there's an element to this that absolutely feels inauthentic because I can almost hear it in Halford's voice. He's like, God, do I really have to fucking do this?
1: Yeah.
0: It's like demolition. And, you know, I've seen a few people praise demolition and I I don't get it. Like, I don't see how they're just... Taking a style and being the best at it—it kind of just sounds like they're trying to latch on to what's popular. And I like
1: that album. It's one of their heavier albums. (laughs) You
2: don't mean that. Regulator
1: is better. I don't believe you. Regulator is better, but
2: Regulator is an album that I actually kind of like. But Demolition is fucking unbearable.
0: Not as bad as Turbo, though.
2: I uh, yeah, you're right. I can't even defend. I mean, demolition is is definitely
1: in the bottom bottom of the list. You know what I mean? Towards the towards the bottom, but it's better than this.
2: Yeah, everybody's rocking in the summer heat. Like (laughs) that's not Rob. What are you doing?
0: Well, uh, look at you. Let's see if Mister Tipton or Mister Downing can redeem this song for us today.
1: They do. Probably not. You do that while I I grab another beer.
2: Okay, so Uh, I heard the first pre-solo that I don't like.
0: Yeah, I'm sorry,
2: I'm not. No, I don't like it either. But it's the
1: best thing about the song.
2: I mean, that's the best part of every pre-song is the
1: solo. Yeah, but this is the best thing about this song and general. You know what I mean? I ain't
2: really saying much.
0: Oh well, maybe. But this solo doesn't compare to the solo from Electric Eye or God No. You, you won't remember the solo after you've heard it. No. You won't remember it after good, like, the no. time like, you've heard I'm it. Screaming for but,
2: Vengeance, where they finish that solo with one of the most beautiful guitar harmonies you've ever heard. Right.
1: Like, but again, somebody said, oh, well, the guitar solo in Sentinel is okay, I guess, but this one is so good. We're going to put it on this compilation.
2: I mean if you didn't no. tell me that that wasn't CC DeVille I wouldn't believe it Exactly
1: exactly. Right. That's exactly it doesn't what it sound, sound like. like or Warren Martini or or somebody like or that Nick like Mars like yep. name it
0: It doesn't yep. sound like Tipton or Downing it sounds no, like they're trying to no. do a poor imitation of Eddie Van Halen
2: Yeah I don't know who the fuck that was and I don't want to know Excuse
1: Yeah me. no I know I know I know
2: yeah, I don't know what's going on with this album, man. But now I got to be honest, I am perversely fascinated.
1: You have to listen to the whole album and we'll discuss it. I mean, you have yeah, to like, you know, we'll, we got to, you know, not there's have to be a podcast. You and I yeah. will have a few beers and sit down and discuss. I mean, it. Because I, I got the song, be honest, I, the song Reckless. You know. Song Reckless is a good song, probably yeah. the best song on the album. And, sure, and I, I got
2: to be honest. <clears throat> I don't know if I can go through every song on this album.
1: <laughs> no, well, parental guidance is bad. It's bad. But funny bad. And oh, and then there's I forgot about private property, which is the second worst song on this album.
3: So keep your hands off. Private
2: property. Hands off. And the whoa, thing
3: is whoa. that there's gang
1: vocals. Gang vocals are a no-no. Oh, God.
2: I mean, unless you're Exodus.
1: Well, no, I mean it depends there's on. There's a who way
0: it is. to do it, right? Judas Priest doesn't do, skin. shouldn't
1: do gang vocals, and I admit you shouldn't do gang vocals. It's a that's a given. It's just it's not, yeah, it's bad. Private property is the second worst song on this album. I'm not going to lie to you.
0: I like locked in. I like reckless. What else?
1: Um, Out in the cold is.
0: Uh, Out in the cold is amazing. Yep.
1: Yeah, yep. Yeah. Like, why didn't they put that on this compilation? No, let's put on this
3: stupid. Anymore.
0: No, let's do this random song that Yeah, is I, it just, just makes me
1: no and that's the thing I think that sticks in my craw more than anything else about this song is I just don't and the thing is my I alluded to my friend Linda before she passed away in 2009 and I inherited some of her stuff and this was part of it cuz I didn't even have this. I didn't even I didn't even own this compilation because much like you I own everything anyway. I don't need a compilation. I own every all the albums. But she had this CD And I listened to it, and I was like, what the fuck is this? Like, I listened to it, and it's great. And it's like, oh, there's all these songs. And then I'm like, what? Are you serious? Where did this come from? I just don't understand who thought this was a good idea.
2: Uh, I don't know that anyone thought this was a good idea, but they were just- Oh, they did. They They did because they
1: signed off on it, and we have the compilation to prove it. So, I mean, so it's not only, like, is it like, okay, it's a shitty album track, and we're just going to, like, never play it live kind of forget about it you know no we're gonna put it on a compilation
0: why your worst song we'll never know but hey i know let's hear what else this song has in store for us
2: god do we have to
0: finish the song Crack another beer (laughs) you'll be all right One more Ultimately. time right there. And hey, let's just... To point out, they didn't make a third verse. They no. just didn't put enough time or effort into no. the song no. at no. all.
1: No. Does it not sound like, and I'm not a guitar player, but I feel like I could play guitar on the, like I could play those chords because it just sounds like, bam, 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 yeah. And, bam. you know, and the drumming is the same way, uninspired, you know, it's electronic. And it's like, I feel like this is a song that a bunch of kids, young kids could do, like, if they were in a garage or whatever, you know what I mean? You
2: know what I'm saying? Like, it's not like... Listen to me. I need you you both to listen really closely. Come here. Come here. I hate you for making me listen to this song. (laughs) No, this is an eye-opening experience because you're right. It does feel like something that could have just been thrown together by, like, some band that was like, yo, man, we want to sound like Motley Crue.
1: Right. And there were so many bands in the late 80s that came out of nowhere that had no talent that just, like, you know, but they were signing, you know, if you look the part or whatever, you know, it was like, you walk the walk, they were signing you need it, one you know, catchy song. Oh, yeah. I, I
2: guess, like, I mean, listen... It was kind of the ecosystem of the day, though. You almost can't blame them for trying to go after this because this shit was blowing up. You know, like, think about it. How many bands, like, singles, talk dirty to me, cherry pie, fucking girls, girls, girls. It's all very shallow, surface-level sort of, like, oh, yeah, let's party,
0: What's happening? Wild nights. Yeah. Uh, Crazy. (laughs) Crazy You know what's funny about this
2: song too? Like, don't get me wrong, this is terrible, but you almost can't blame them for like going after this demographic of just fucking hard partying LA, like you know what I'm trying to say. Yeah,
1: I know. No, I know, I know. I know. And you were there. You know, I was there. And it's the thing that it's the thing that like the You're cruising around the strip and you're like up and down the avenue, listening. This is they got this blaring, you know what I'm saying? Yeah, the thing that's interesting about this song for me is the intro of this song. You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me of Miami Vice, a show that I absolutely loved. I love this show so much that I bought a VCR so that because it was on Friday nights, so that I could watch this show and still be able to go out on Friday nights. But this song, like. The the intro of this song—that's what it reminds me of. It reminds me of like a a, the music that would be playing during a scene from Miami Vice.
2: I get that. That makes diabolical sense. Mm -hmm. I can picture it very easily. Which
1: '86 was their heyday? Was you know Miami Vice heyday?
0: Tom, can you believe two episodes ago we were talking about Grand Canyons of Space and Time, Universal? my mind is subjected to all, we would spend like an hour and a half dissecting those lyrics. And now this week we've got, can you feel the heat? Or can you feel the beat? Everybody's rocking in tonight. the summer heat.
1: I'm looking for some loving because the night's coming or whatever. Yeah, I,
2: I, I mean, listen, oh
0: God. dumbed, you it, down. dumbed, dumbed um, it
1: down, dumb down, it down. God, I'm so
0: depressed right now, like. And on that note, let's finish out this song.
2: I literally I had to take my headphones out because I can't bear another <laughs> second of that song.
0: Guys, this song is four minutes and 40 seconds. They started doing the fade out at four minutes and 15.
1: <laughs> oh, I know. oh. I oh know. my God.
0: Oh, God. I'm gonna I put a
1: know. In my
2: head. Just like... Uh... This has been an eye opening experience for me hearing this song. I mean,
0: this is like our one on one episode. Like, you got No, to, this is that, worse than one, song? Yeah.
2: This one on course. one. Yeah, because one on
1: one. I had episode, fun.
0: Yeah.
2: I had fun making fun of that You're not song. You're having fun now? No, I'm miserable. <laughs> no, I'm having a great time in all honesty. But this is just another level because this is like. Uh, uh, God, I am such a fucking sourpuss when it comes to glam metal, so.
1: Well, then you're not going to like Private Property any better.
2: <laughs> oh, my God. We're skipping that for at least five episodes.
1: <laughs> I don't well, want back, to talk about Private go. Property.
0: It's like I said, guys. I like a decent chunk of songs by Rat, Motley Crue. I love yeah. Jeff
1: Dawkins. I love Dawkins. And
0: I don't like this. They're not... Yeah doing a good job of it i'm sorry because it's They're, not their it's
1: not their wheelhouse i mean at least with poison i mean this is what they do this is their shtick
2: yeah
3: you know what i, I
1: mean so it's not like it doesn't it doesn't well,
2: feel disingenuous poison are talentless hacks and judas priest are the greatest heavy metal band of all time so like, to get down to this level is kind That's of the like thing. It's sobering. Like,
1: yeah, it's like, oh, I mean, everybody's got their cold lake.
2: Hey, listen, nobody bets a thousand. I don't think any less of no, priest for this. No, no, no,
1: absolutely not. Absolutely not. And, and you know, I mean, maybe they needed to make it, although then they went It'd on to do They made money, and then they went on to make Ram It Down, which is most people consider leftovers from this album, but
2: think of what comes afterwards.
1: Yeah. I think maybe they, maybe they had to work, they had to work through it. You know what you, I mean? You really
2: they do. And, and you know, this is something that I've talked about in another episode. I like to kind of draw a comparison, if you will, is that <laughs> when St. Anger was being made, right. Bob rock, their producer had said in an interview that when I usually went into the, the studio with metallica i went in as their manager but when i went in with saint anger i went in as their friend Because that was an album that just had to get made in order to keep the band together and to keep it going. Right. And almost ties into my sacrificial lamb concept that, like, sometimes an album just has to get made so that you can keep the momentum going. Mm
0: Mm-hmm. Things in the know. priest camp were interesting because it's not as though they were in any sort of decline during this time. Like, yeah, okay, defenders of the faith right. didn't sell as much as screaming, but they were still a huge live band. They, were, they still were very well known and they still were relatively a huge name in the metal and rock scene. So I they mean, were
1: they were they were a huge band in the 80s. I mean, throughout the 80s, it's just a weird It's a weird thing.
0: Yeah.
2: This is one of those albums that is kind of like an enigma.
0: Rob Halford went to rehab in 1986, or maybe it was late 1985, uh, according to his book. And that was right before they recorded Turbo. So do you think that had any effect on this album at all?
1: I don't know, though. I mean, like, if you're trying to get sober, you're not going to write about cruising around and... (laughs) (laughs)
3: If you are, I don't know. I don't know.
1: It was already written. I you know, I mean, I don't know how much of this was already written prior to. It's just a really weird album. I mean, the thing is, the album, I mean, the album fits its time. It absolutely screams 1986. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it screams 1986. Yeah. You know, I mean, there's some albums that, that transcend time and there's some that just sound even 70s. There's some 70s albums that sound very 70s and there's 80s, album, 80s albums that sound very 80s. It This is a very dated album. But I have to tell you that being there, I have to tell you that even in the time, it was like, this is weird. If it had been a different band, if Poison had put this album out, people would have loved it you know what i mean oh,
0: sure fair enough. the best they can do right song, right as this, much this, as we this, made fun of it Wild open, Lights, it's, it's open, better right? than any poison song what i'm
1: saying but what i'm saying but that's what i'm saying is is that like the problem with this album isn't just the album it's in the context of it's a judas priest album
3: yeah yes. fair that's enough. the
1: whole that's the whole point is that and i said this i've said this everything circles back to iron maiden for me about the song Angel and the Gambler. I've said that as horrible as that song is, if they edited it and Bon Jovi put it out in 1987, it probably would have been a hit.
2: That is a great analogy.
1: And that is exactly true.
2: And yeah, I mean, thing,
1: that's the yeah. thing about this album. If 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 Brett Michaels is singing Wild Nights, Hot Crazy Days, you're buying it. You're buying into it.
2: Yeah, but we're talking about the we'll like They're it, released. but you're
1: buying it. Sin after
2: sin it. and British steel right, right, screaming for right, right, thing, right,
0: class. And the context is important. You context is
2: very, yeah, context is everything.
0: So, one yeah. more question, Melissa. So, Turbo comes out 1986. The band goes on the Fuel for Life tour. Yep. Did you see them when they toured I on this album? Ju- I saw June of
1: 1986 at the Lakeland Civic Center in Lakeland, Florida.
0: How was that? Very cool.
1: It was a great show. I mean, you know, I, mean, I was half of the rapper because, you know, I'm 21 and, you know, we're all partying. It okay. was a great show. The thing was, is that, you know, Turbo Lover isn't a bad song and it sounded great live.
2: Turbo Lover is a banger.
1: And and it's great live and of course they did you know all the other songs and so it was a great night and don't ask me who opened for them because i was trying to remember and i can't for the life of me remember who opened that show but i remember that the show was great it was energetic everybody was standing you no know, rob didn't have to tell them to stand they stood on their own nice and you know it was a lot of it was a lot of fun you know and there was the dual guitars and they were rocking in tandem and you know all the judas priest stuff that they do or whatever yeah. it, was, it was fantastic and you could hear the drums it was a drummer and you know he, he was actually playing that's something and and there wasn't it wasn't really like forgive me because i don't recall but i don't recall it being Cynthia.
2: they might not have had any synth i don't know if they track. had
1: any had anything going on live i think live they just did they did it full on you yeah know
2: what i mean Right, synth is used as a backing track. Yeah, maybe so they I just got rid of it.
1: I, you know, maybe maybe it was there and it was. I just didn't notice it or whatever. But it's just like, yeah, it was a great great show. It was a great show, and you know, everything's better live. And like I said right. before, maybe even this track, if I saw it live, you know what I mean. Like maybe, maybe, but probably not. But
2: yeah, this song sucks. Oh fucking a! I agree.
0: Yeah, you know what. Like I said before, worst (laughs) song on Turbo by a fucking mile. Uh, I like some of the songs on this album. This is easily the worst, and I can't recommend this one.
2: Yeah, I got to say, listeners, we've played most of it here for you tonight. Um, So there's not really a lot of exculpatory um, parts that we left out. You can probably skip this one. But if you're a glutton for punishment like me and George are, check it out. (laughs)
1: <laughs> yeah please check it out check it out just for the fun of it it's you know it's four and a half minutes of your life it'll be you all have right. a
2: strange definition for the word fun
0: melissa where can the listeners find you
1: on twitter at metal chat pod and metal chat with melissa i'm on all the platforms check me out guys i can't thank you enough for having me on what's fun this Anytime been... you want me back
2: this has been a blast having you on. We're glad to have you back
0: anytime. Well, what's the same, same? I got a plan stories. for you guys. No. Yeah. I'm loving these stories. We'll have you back and uh, we'll be hanging out next week in Houston. You and
1: I will be hanging out and we'll we'll reach out to you, Tom.
0: Yeah, don't worry, Tom will be here give you a little call during a haunt yeah. set so you can hear listen, what it sound like
2: we'll, oh, let, you, we'll let you what know we'll what
1: beers we're drinking and, great uh...
2: listen i know what we'll do we will all have a drink over skype and i'll send my my warm and fond oh, words sweet. to everyone
0: awesome man
1: sounds awesome
2: yeah you cats have fun
1: we will i'm glad we will right. but we'll miss so, you
0: oh Thanks everyone listen. for uh getting online to talk about this terrible song hey yeah. thanks for
1: like when i put it out there i was like i don't know what they think about this and you were like yeah
0: what?
1: Yeah. it's sometimes it's fun to rag song. on you know yeah. it's a great band i don't want anybody to think that i don't love judas priest i love judas priest we
2: all do but you gotta also acknowledge the bad you know otherwise we'd be disingenuous if we were just sitting here saying we loved everything they put out
3: just like we
0: talked about with uh joe from the queen podcast in the lap last week we're going to tell you when it's good and we're going to tell you when it's shit
1: that's it absolutely you're just going to get the unfiltered version that's how it is
0: melissa would you like to send
2: us out
1: all right everybody you stay locked in and defend the faith
2: I have an anecdote that I'd like to share with y'all. Number of years ago, I was in the city, and we, and me, and a few friends were seeing Belfagor. We were in Webster Hall. I'm almost. Oh popular. yeah, I've
1: been to Webster Hall.
2: Great venue, absolutely yes. phenomenal venue. And Belfagor was playing there, and we had a few joints with us. And it was like, you know, listen, if you're at a metal show and you see someone and you pass them a joint, fine, whatever. You know, that's like par for the course. But there was one gentleman there who puked his fucking guts out in the middle of the pit and everybody saw it. And so he (laughs) asked, hey, man, can I hit that joint? and no. my and my friend was like dude you just threw up all over the pit." Yeah. like i'm sorry but no like <laughs> yeah. and up. that's yeah. not
0: an yeah. inappropriate reaction no
2: yeah, it's not I, I it's can't not even say that i wouldn't have had the same, <laughs> same reaction i was like all right i guess a broken clock that's is right.
3: gross said,
0: man that's big that's but i respect your, your friends like, mouth. no get out here.
2: of here <laughs> yeah keep your filthy mouth off of my joints all right <laughs> but <laughs> yeah, that, that, that was one Tom. moment that definitely stuck with me.
1: <laughs> I got a funny, I got a funny joint story. This has nothing to do with Judas Priest. I went to see Aerosmith. Oh, <laughs> so I went to see, so I went to see Aerosmith. They played. So they're a Boston band. So they played New Year's Eve and New Year's Night. This is 1996, 97. I can't even remember. And we got tickets for both nights. And the Mighty Mighty Bostones were opening the show. Who I love my friend Linda oh, I was just like about
0: them. to say I'm so sad I never saw them and
1: oh
0: yeah oh I remember George we had a chance so to see them in 19 and we didn't do it oh, listeners fun, let that be a fun, lesson fun, when you yes. skip that tour and say oh I'll go back around next year when so they're back, not they might do not, do not be you might get COVID, or the band might break up.
1: Yeah, you know, yeah.
0: go to every concert you can. Every but a, concert. A Melissa, your story. My bad.
1: So, so, so we go to the show. So we were out. We were we having a few beers, and I, my friend did not want to go. She doesn't like ska, so she didn't want to go to see see the band. So I was like, "Well, I'm going to go see. I want to go see the Boston." So I go to see the Boston's, and then she met us, and we had seats, and she meets me at the Boston Garden, and we have the seats. And there's these two guys. Um, so then she comes and there's these two guys that are sitting next to us and they're like total geeky looking guys. And my friend is like, she's passed away now, but she was like old school metalhead, hippie chick, rocker chick. And she's like, oh my God, I can't believe we're hanging out with these two nitwits. I mean, look at them. Oh my God. Right. So I had a couple of joints in my hair. So we had, you know, we smoked a joint or whatever. And then this guy, he starts. Pu- he pulls out like all this weed, and just like, pat I mean, they had so much shit on them. It was unbelievable. It was unbelievable.
0: This is before it was legal.
1: This is way yeah, before so it was legal. Imagine so, the tension. So, so he's so so. Right, so they're passing the joints back and forth. Okay. Cool. So. We're passing the joints back and forth. So she's got this J. She passes it to me. This hand reaches over behind me and tries to grab the joint. I grabbed her by the rest. hey, don't you bogart my joint.
3: <laughs> <laughs> it
1: was security. Oh, my. So we all get, we all, the four of us all get hustled out. So we're in the, like a, like the, the old Boston guy used to have these, like we used to call them like catacombs. I don't, I don't know what, what you would call them. It's just like a hallway or whatever. Get it. We get out there. And we're like, oh shit, right? And I don't have any more. I don't have anything on me. We smoked mine. I only had two and they're gone. So I have nothing on me. My friend got nothing on her. This guy had so much shit. He had Coke. He had pills. He had so much shit on him. So they focused on him. And my friend taps me. She points and we screwed out. There was like this side door. We just screwed out the side door. <laughs> we
3: love these two guys.
1: <laughs> but the man, that girl, she grabbed my she, I grabbed her by the wrist and all of a sudden I got this light splashed into my eye. But the good news. So we missed the second half of the show. But the good news was we had tickets for both shows, both nights. And so the next night I didn't go see uh, the Boston's. I stayed and partied a little bit longer with my friend. And then we went in and we saw the rest of the show.
0: Nice. I the call st- that a victory.
1: It took us two nights to see the same show.
0: Yeah, It's a good story. Yeah. Hey, man. Times sure have changed. Yeah. Yeah. I remember uh, the last time that we got caught smoking a joint, Tom, it was you and me. And I think it was the Starland Ballroom in New Jersey. Oh, I've been yeah. there, too. It was right, right before COVID. Yeah, and
2: I remember. I uh,
0: We were just starting to smoke a joint in the middle of the pit, and uh, we had only gotten a couple puffs.
2: Oh, security was on us like a and- flies to
0: shit. Oh, God. Yeah. But the security guard came over and he said, hey, you guys can't smoke joints in here. You got to put that away. We're not kicked yeah. out. We're not arrested. No, just yeah. put it
1: away.
2: Yeah, <laughs> so that was like annoying. the better part of it was like, listen, just fucking put it away. Like, we're not going to throw you out. We're not going to call the cops. Just put it away.
1: So speaking I of Colorado, been- and you should probably go to Colorado because- I've you lived go- in
2: Colorado. So have you,
1: did you go to Red Rocks Canyon? Have you ever seen any shows at Red Rocks?
2: No, I haven't, but we're actually I going live- there for my bachelor party. So. I used to
1: live in Colorado, 89 to 91. Very cool. About many shows. Over at Red Rocks. Probably the best show of my life was I saw Metallica on the Justice Tour Damn. at Red Rock Canyon Amphitheater.
2: Mm.
1: Fucking amazing. Fucking amazing. I, when I was wow. in
2: Colorado, I saw Sleep and I saw oh, Job and um, who else? Uh, that's it,
0: actually. One of my favorite concerts, not one that I've been to, but one of my favorites to watch. Gojira at Red Rocks.
1: It's um, uh, just amazing. So I was there. I saw a bunch of a bunch of shows at Red Rocks because that was our amphitheater. That was you know that was like our venue, right? So we went. and we saw Clash the Le- beautiful. We saw Clash the Titans there. And I go with this friend of mine, my friend Greg, who's Mexican American. And we get there. He's <laughs> got a bag of weed on him, Gosh. and we get bagged at security. And the guy pulls out the bag, and he says to my friend, he says you got a knife? Greg's like, no, I don't have a knife. And the guy goes, you got no knife? He goes, I got no knife. He goes, okay. Can't send back his bag and goes, enjoy the
2: show.
0: <laughs> hey, got him up when you have a cool guard. It sounds like
2: my dad tells me a story. He was like um, fourth row at Rolling Stones at Madison Square Garden. Yeah. He was smoking a joint with the fucking security guards.
1: Yep. There you go. Yeah.